my name is James. And my name is Matt. My name is Michael. And we're talking talking about about games (laughs) these days. Sorry, didn't get the script. (laughs) That's okay. The lag makes it so hard. Um, and specifically, the game that we are talking about is Scourge Hive, um, which is a isometric Metroidvania game developed by Orbital, Orbital Media in 2006 uh, for the Nintendo DS and the GD, and the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's so it it gets sort of called out as a as an early uh, Metroidvania title. Mm. Uh, so it, it it came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. We kind of had like, in terms of like the official chronology, we had uh, Fusion and Zero Mission for Metroid came out like a few years before that. Yeah, uh, and then uh, for Castlevania. Oh, I was just gonna say uh, Fusion was in 2002, and then Zero Mission in 2004. Okay, and uh, we had Portrait of Ruin came out the same year. Okay. Uh, and that was preceded by uh, Aria Sorrow and Harmony of Dissonance mm-hmm. came out like right before sort of the same. So like early 2000s, we had a couple of follow ups in Metroid and Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than, um, say, Aquaria, which came out in 2007 uh-huh. uh, and like that, uh, the Shantae games. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that came out either around the same time or just before mm-hmm. is that the one uh, with the girl who has purple hair yeah yes the, who's okay. maybe a genie yeah yeah, yeah. uh so yeah th- this was kind of just when the genre was starting to pop back up again uh-huh uh, which is kind of fun and yeah uh, i looked think... into uh orbital media um and it looks like they didn't really do much else they did a couple of racing games uh, for the Game Boy Advance and DS and like another sort of like isometric uh, action adventure game. Juka and, and the Monophonic Menace. Yes, that's oh. the one. Yep. <laughs> the gameplay looks fairly similar to this. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Did it come out before this? Uh, after, I want to say. Yeah. yeah okay. So. Yeah. Huh. Well, maybe they maybe they applied some lessons they learned from uh, from this game to that one. I hope so. <laughs> Some other uh, notable DS games around that time were Pokemon Diamond mm, okay. and uh, Elite Beat Agents, which I oh, personally yeah. adored. Yeah, <laughs> I remember playing that a lot. Killer yeah, it's a pretty, uh-huh. pretty brilliant game. <laughs> and we had uh, we had like Twilight Princess mm. and Okami, also uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, right? Uh, Gears of War and Devil May Cry Three, the special edition, all came out in 2006 as well. Oh, and so did Final Fantasy XII. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Bully. Weird. And Bully. Okay. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> God, it does not feel uh, what fourteen years ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so bad. Oh man. Wild. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk a little bit about the like the setting for the game? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> 
there's not much to it. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of like it's another Metroid universe, right? Yeah, it's totally sci-fi. Uh, yeah, kind of like, kind of kind of like aliens. Uh, mm-hmm. you've got like some sort of world government, uh, some sort of uh, sneaky science going on, uh, spaceships, right? Guns, aliens, space stations, space yeah, stations. alien research. Uh, artificial <laughs> intelligences, right? Intelligences, intelligentsia, intelligences. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned this game being a, a Metroidvania. I actually heard a mm-hmm. fun fact that when that term started to come around, around when Symphony of the Night was mm-hmm. released, yeah, the, or, the original influence of that game was Zelda. Interesting. Yeah, I've Metroid. read that too, actually. Yeah, so like Metroidvania would be incorrect. It would actually be like a Zelda, Zeldavania, yeah, would be yeah. the more accurate term. That's right. interesting. That is really interesting because that doesn't really. I mean, it kind of does, but the expression of it is so different than Zelda. Yeah. Well, if you think about like the way that you could do some of the Zelda one dungeons in different orders, mm-hmm. like if you if you knew what you were doing, you could either like go into the dungeon early and pick up items that maybe you weren't really supposed to get yet, mm-hmm. or if you could kind of take advantage of some glitchy stuff, you could actually get through dungeons that you weren't even supposed to get through yet. Right. Because each dungeon is supposed to have like you can't get through it unless you have the item that gives you the ability Mm -hmm. that lets you deal with whatever the puzzle is in that dungeon. And that in turn gives you a new tool, which you can use in the next dungeon. Mm -hmm. Um, So from that perspective, it has a similar sort of nonlinear Metroidvania games have a similar, similar sort of nonlinear progression to them. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I imagine the fact that Metroid was 2d like strictly mm-hmm. 2D at the time is why mm-hmm. people assumed that it was the biggest influence. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also there's there's one thing that I always think about uh for Metroidvania games is that you don't you you definitely like you get keys that unlock gates to get to new areas, mm-hmm. but the keys that you get are not just items. Yeah. And they're not just weapons. They're they're things that they're things that let you either traverse the world in a different way or and or deal with enemies in a different way. So like, yeah. you, you know, the, the missiles from Metroid are kind of the classic example, right? Like mm-hmm. the missiles do extra damage, but also let you open doors that you didn't before. Yeah. And like, you know, the, the, the high jump, you know, lets you avoid enemy attacks in a way that you couldn't before, but it also gives you access to new areas. Mm-hmm. So like that kind of dual uh, function for each of those keys that gives you access to a new area and drives the progression is something that, uh, differentiates Metroidvania, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Which this game is maybe not always as good about as I would want it to be. No. Not quite. Right? Uh, uh, which I, we can talk more about when mm-hmm. we get to it. <laughs> Do you want to go straight into gameplay next? Is there more to be said about the setting? Uh, how, um, much, how much did you guys play? I am actually kind of embarrassed to admit that I looked back at my save file and I'd only played like three and a half hours. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> in game, I think I only played like one or two, but I yeah. definitely know that I played more than that, just like dying a lot. 
being oh. lost? Did you get yeah. lost like I did? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll have you know. That I put in, <laughs> How far did you play? <laughs> I'll put in a staggering nine and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. What, Michael? <laughs> staggering. Uh, wow. How did you stand <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah. How did that? <laughs> you can't see me the audio, but I'm popping my collar. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, shit. That's great. <laughs> Good didn't, job. didn't quite hit the uh, the 10 hour mark. I got yeah. stuck. What? Uh, wait. So how far along did that did that get you? Uh, it got me to maybe. I mean, the game's kind of broken up into several different missions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you guys get to like a desert mission, like where there's a like, day and night cycle? No. No. Uh, I basically i I just beat the third boss. Like I finished up the uh the the complex that you go to. Okay. Um, so maybe like the fourth, fifth mission ish. Okay. I mean, one can only collect nodes for so long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> before you don't want to. Yeah. Uh, I got stuck on this like giant sand worm creature that had like five phases. Oh, great. great. And I was like, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> the end. This isn't good enough for this. Yeah. I uh, I ended up once I had decided that I didn't want to put any more time into it, I ended up like skipping, sort of skimming through uh, a uh, Let's Play of it, and it mm. didn't look like it got any better. <laughs> How many Let's Plays are available to watch? Just one that I could find, but it was a, it was a, oh, complete, wow. it was a complete playthrough, so... That's probably the same one that I pulled up when I got stuck a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Should give that person a shout-out. Yeah, right? Uh, shout-out to, uh, you know... Sad boy, sixty nine, sixty nine, XXX. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I ended up uh, turning the volume down really quickly because his commentary was not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Shout out canceled. There was uh, commentary. <laughs> yeah. What's there to say? <laughs> it's uh, it's the you know like oh uh, I you know whatever here did this thing oh this is really frustrating oh. Oh man, I can't believe these oh, enemies are so hard. Look at all these yeah. key cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smash that subscribe button, guys. That's right. Like and subscribe. Appreciate it really it. helps me out. Ring the bell. Um, yeah. Yeah, the story, uh, the story's not very uh, existent. It doesn't really exist at no. all. No, it's you. You get like so. You get like a little bit of exposition in the beginning where it kind of introduces you for, to things, yeah. and then in sort of like the transition times between levels, yeah. you get a little bit of dialogue between your your protagonist and her like AI adjutant, Magellan. And, yeah, yeah, Magellan. He has a name, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And he's not even the same Magellan that you talked yeah. to in the beginning. He's like a backup that exists yeah. on her suit. But 
uh, you also get to occasionally read little like corporate memos mm-hmm. that you stumble across on computers and stuff. But even those are really sort of bland. They're just sort of like, hey, there's some stuff happened and now there's going to be a cryo glove. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to get the yeah, cryo glove next. Yeah, to be like, <laughs> like clues to where the next like upgrade was or something. You know, it would be like right. them talking about Oh, you know, we found this uh, version of the Scourge that reacts poorly to ice, so we developed a ice glove so we can freeze them, you know, or whatever. To me. It's in the basement. Yeah. yeah. But I feel I feel like even the, uh, like, I don't know if it's a clue so much of it, it's just like a, like a preview, like a, yeah. like a coming soon notice, you know, because it doesn't really, it doesn't tell you anything that useful to you. Yeah. At least in my experience. Mm-hmm. That's true. I um, thought of it was more used as like maybe you switched the game off and you came back to it later, and you oh, might come okay. across it as like a reminder to what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, that's that true. Be. That was my interpretation. Yeah. So yeah, it's like like sparse on story. Yeah, I mean, it, kind of in the in the style of a Metroid game, the the story is less important. Right. It. In all fairness, like it. Did did it have any less or more story than like Symphony of the Night did? You know, mm, there's some context that yeah, you might be aware I, of with Castlevania. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like what's on the page for Symphony of the Night is probably about the same, uh, right? But it is more interesting than what they do with the story in this game. That's uh, true. In terms of like amount of content, yeah, it's about the same. But Castlevania, like, yeah. At least Castlevania has like a twist <laughs> or like some sort of effort towards like interesting storytelling, where like yeah. this doesn't. Like I, I basically, <laughs> uh, it's I don't know. Like they don't. It feels like they're not even trying to do anything interesting <laughs> with like the the tropes that they're engaging with they're just like playing yeah. them wholesale which doesn't... it's kind of a uh, pulpy perhaps yeah <laughs> i'll be honest the, the lack of story was kind of refreshing to me yeah yeah um i'm kind of a sucker when it comes to a simplistic narrative mm, i'm not yeah. a huge fan of ridiculous plots and <laughs> time travel and uh-huh. twi- character twists but like the fact that this had like zero plot and it was like 95 percent game <laughs> gameplay if not more mm-hmm. i was yeah. i was okay with yeah yeah there's aliens, yeah i don't, go I shoot don't them. right i don't think the lack of story necessarily hurts it per yeah. se um, but there was a lack of story do you want to yeah. like i actually <laughs> managed to skim through the the um the lore yeah the, <laughs> okay the, the walk walk through and basically just look for dialogue points and kind of note what was going on uh, can do i want to do that or can i guess what do... happens yeah <laughs> um since there's only two characters the <laughs> the, the main character and magellan mm-hmm. i'm gonna guess that magellan was responsible for the scourge breaking uh, out in the first place nope Ooh. nope Damn. that would I'm be gonna, an interesting idea i'm okay. gonna counter guess okay that in the end, you have to fight some sort of scourgified version of yourself. Oh. Because it turns out that you have been incubating the ultimate scourge incarnation <laughs> in you the whole time. With every save point? 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would also be a cool idea. No. Nope. Uh, it's not either of those things. So, Damn it. Uh, okay. The game starts out, you're hired by the military, right? You are Genosa, uh, who's basically just Samus. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're sent to, like, do, like, search and recovery on a mysterious, uh, like, laboratory that's been researching uh, this alien entity called the Scourge. Uh, which is notable because it's highly adaptive um, and sort of like takes things over and makes it a part of itself, mm-hmm. sort of with a hive mind collective kind of deal going on. Okay. Um, when you get to the planet, uh, your ship is attacked by a, a scourge alien monster, of course. Um, so you have to crash land on the planet. In the process of that, um, you get infected with the scourge as well um as you move through the you kind of move through the different facilities like powering things back up and getting beams and stuff um eventually you do come across another like survivor um who's like a doctor uh who was part of the project and he sort of like vaguely hints at things um one of the things that he tells you is that there's a massive transportation system that they were working on beneath the um, facility that's supposed to do like interplanetary transport, um, which you accidentally end up turning on. Um, and it turns out that's infected by the scourge. Um, no. And so it's going to use that <laughs> to teleport back to, you know, everywhere and take over the world and all no. worlds. Um, I, yes. I have a couple questions. Okay. <laughs> um, are you on the same planet the entire game? As far as I know, yes, you're just warping between like facilities, right? Because mm-hmm. I was, I was like you said, you're teleporting a lot, and I couldn't tell if I was like making trips back to the ship or if I was staying on the same planet, going other yeah, worlds. I, th- I think it all takes place on the same planet. It's just like different parts of this like complex. Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and once wait, once you've completed a, like a section of the game, do you ever have to go back to that section? Not yes. that I notice. Oh, yeah. do you? Yeah, you oh, do. Yeah. There's, okay. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and I thought I was going the wrong way, but then like a section <laughs> of the map would open up, and like, oh, oh. now there's a, there's a teleporter right on the other side of that door, oh. and it takes you somewhere else. But yeah, you do have to backtrack quite a bit. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um. So, yeah, the doctor guy sort of, like, leads you around for a while. He gets killed off camera. um, And then you uh, basically get to the the Scourge, which is now taking over the transport system. It's like, ha, 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 you played into my plan. We infected you on purpose. It can talk. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's been... uh, using you to power back up the facility so they can get the transport system running, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you yes. fight it and kill it, and then the game's over. And it's ambiguous whether you survive or not. That's sequel! Oh. Getting that sequel! Uh, yeah. It even it even <laughs> does, like, a to-be-continued. Oh, so, okay. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, they thought this was going to be more uh, than it ended more up being. More popular than it was. Yeah. Hmm. So, so like, this story is almost like, <laughs> like, like, 
piece for piece the same story as Metroid Fusion. Yes. Um, <laughs> but without any of the interesting stuff that Metroid Fusion does with the story. <laughs> so, like, in that one, you know, you you learn that the, the government has been, like, cultivating the the SAX parasite to, like, use... And that's why, like, it's broken out. And, you know, there's all this, like, sort of more interesting stuff than, like, Evil Alien did it, you know? Right. Well, and, th- like, there's the whole thing with, like, Samus's evil parasite spawned clone. Right. Maybe, maybe not even evil necessarily, but, like, there's the there's the Parasite X version of Samus that you're kind of, like, following, ch- like, slash you're being chased by throughout. Yeah. Uh, that I kind of kept expecting was going to pop up in this, but yeah. I guess it doesn't. Um, it, they show a, a a scourge version of the main character at the very oh, okay. at the end during the like final battle, but you don't actually like fight it. It's with, just with, like with amazing tank controls, just yeah. you two shooting each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's weird, huh? Yeah. So that's uh, just a, uh, that's the story. Great. Okay. <laughs> what happens to Magellan, my favorite character? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's uh, ambiguous whether he survives or not either. Okay. Uh, you basically, like, the way the game ends is, like, they're like, oh, no, the facility is going to blow up. Got to get into the escape pod. And then, like, mm-hmm. there's a countdown and the screen goes white and then it rolls credits. Oh. Okay. Wait, is there a, uh, is there a like, someone has set the time bomb you have to get from point A to point B to get out no. at the end? No. What? Oddly enough, they decided to. That's such a Metroid that. staple. But that's the, uh, that's the whole game, Matt. Like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna make that. Change well, that to, okay, that's the final level. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's true. Uh, so. No, actually, that's a really good point. That is the whole game. Isn't it? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Wait, is there ever a point in the game where you aren't slowly being poisoned to death? No, I didn't get okay, to it. Great. Okay. No. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, what are the like? What are the novel elements to the gameplay? Let's uh, see, my notes here. It's it's that that isometric perspective. Yeah. Feels like you don't see that as much. Probably for um, a good reason. Yeah, because it. I mean, as as we'll go over the ways that it's awkward. Um, <laughs> I think it was kind of a like a necessary evil limitation of the hardware. I can only assume so. It has to be, otherwise. Like, I, I couldn't imagine that they sat down and did a play test with it, and they're like, "Yeah, that feels really good." Right. <laughs> but if it was, uh, I don't know. If that's the case, like, why even go for it? Like, if it's going to be so bad, like, why not just make it two D? 
yeah, or, you know, like side view, side scrolling. So, so we all we all thought that it was really hard to like aim, yeah, and like yeah. move around to avoid enemy attacks Jump and stuff, right? Any accuracy, uh, any sort of platforming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you you have like tank controls, and you can shoot in like this eight directional pattern. Uh huh. While trying to platform your way across platforms that you can't always see. And you can't always tell their height. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't you can't move and shoot at the same time. No. Right? You have to stand still while you're shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only shoot in eight directions. You can't shoot anywhere in between. Uh, which means that if enemies approach you on a plane that's just slightly removed from one of those directions, they get to walk up and hit you, and you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. No, you got to get good. Um, yeah. In I fact, most, <laughs> most of the enemies. It seems like their uh, like attack vocabulary is run at you forever. Yeah, All of them. yeah, it is. Yeah, like it just keeps happening, and like it, it gets to the point where there's like you think like there's a new fun enemy that you found, but it turns out it's just another one that appears yeah. and then moves towards you forever. Yeah, yeah, and all of these enemies uh, have to be defeated with a particular elemental type. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so you're constantly in like b- literal bullet hell, hell, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. trying to avoid getting rushed and shooting the correct enemies with the correct weapon. Yeah, it yeah. has this sort of like weird, uh, almost Mega Man style, uh, like ability system where you uh, pick up different like types of shots as you. Um, progress through the game and certain enemies have weaknesses excuse me and uh strengths and if you hit an enemy with a a beam that it's strong against it actually powers it up and if you hit it with a beam that it's weak against it usually goes down in like one or two shots and actually has a chance to like explode and do damage to enemies around right yeah the problem is that um the enemies that they enemy types are too mixed up in mm-hmm. individual encounters um and since it's already hard to shoot with any sort of accuracy um it's really hard to make sure you're hitting the enemies you want to hit with the beams you want to hit them with yep um mm-hmm. and not just like spray bullets everywhere um because the other thing is like your your unpowered shot feels significantly weaker in comparison to yeah. the elemental attacks. Sure. Um, Michael, do you get like a charge shot eventually or something like that? So or like a power up to your basic? Um, you have the electric shot for like mechanical enemies. You have fire mm-hmm. eventually, which is one of the last ones I got that does mm-hmm. damage against organic. And it also like burns bushes and opens up like caverns. Mm. Okay. Uh, there's an energy shot. For energy-based enemies, like yeah. cl- like clouds and... Uh, poorly defined. Poorly defined. <laughs> uh, this weapon also activates certain nodes to open doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a freeze utility option to, like, like freeze all the enemies in the on-screen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which can also be used to, like, solve button puzzles. Mm-hmm. And then right, the, because, the, the, because the enemies are ice cubes that you can drop on a switch. Correct. Around, basically. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then the last ability I got was a time slow ability, mm. which was used mm. primarily to avoid incoming fire. 
Yeah. Okay. Or environmental things like like boulders falling out of the sky and the sea. Oh, great. Gotcha. Yeah. It's the kind of huh. thing that you would want in a manufacturing facility. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock, rocks falling <laughs> yeah. from the ceiling. Right. Especially when they you're in... when you're climbing on pipes in an isometric <laughs> perspective. Oh my god, the pipe climbing. <laughs> yeah. There's pipe climbing. Uh, uh, is it is it time to talk about pipe climbing? Do we Not, have anything else? I have something. What's our? Oh, what, what do you got? So while you're trying to avoid all of this. Uh, gunfire and switching <laughs> mm-hmm. between elemental types you're constantly on a time limit because yeah. your, yes. your suit is infected with the scourge so mm-hmm. you have to rush uh, to the best of your abilities from save point to save point which only uh, heightens your anxiety yeah yeah it's not it's not a fun mechanic no right. and honestly like it feeds into this sense that I got when I was playing the game, which is, I don't know why I'm killing enemies. Yeah. Uh, you don't like, have to. Uh, <laughs> right? Like, you do... It has, like, a leveling system that affects how much health you have. Yeah. And you can recover... Like, you recover a little bit of um, health every time you pick up a little bit of XP, which is nice. But, like, it gets to the point where, like, if you take the time to clear out every room as you're going, you won't have enough, like virus percentage left to yeah be able to make it through a puzzle room without getting to 100%. So then you mm-hmm. have to run back to the save room to clear it and then you have to run through the room that you just cleared out because rooms repopulate right behind you anyway. Right. They do. Um, Sometimes before you even leave the room as, yeah. as soon as you scroll yeah. out of view of enemies they'll sometimes pop back. Yeah. Which, which I thought was just bad design, but I think it was used for when you had to solve button puzzle. Mm. Uh, it definitely was. Yeah. But it was just way too abundant. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, enemies, when you make contact with you or hit you, will knock you immediately out of anything you're doing. So if yeah. you are trying to do any sort of pushing or pulling of blocks, uh, they'll knock you out of that. If you're trying to climb up and down things, they'll knock you out of that. So sometimes it becomes necessary to, like, kill enough enemies that they're not, like, on your ass. So you can climb up to a platform to jump over to a thing to go through a door. But you don't want to spend the extra time to, like, kill all of them. Because then by the time you get to the next puzzle room, you know, you have to run back to the last save room and then run forward again. It's, it's, I don't know. It seems really weird. This game uh, is the Dark Souls of handheld games. <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge no. of the level beforehand is paramount. It is more important than actually uh, killing enemies. Yeah, uh. yeah. I think that 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 constantly being that that constant feeling of being under pressure is kind of what is the biggest takeaway for me from this game. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely what led to me not playing it that much. Yeah. Because I know, like, every time I'm in for this, like, really inherently unpleasant experience where I can never take my time with anything because I'm constantly being threatened with this countdown timer and these respawning enemies. Like, you can never just, like, sit and take a breath and look at a puzzle and be like, shit, what should I do here? Yeah. Uh, And I, I, I think that. I feel like there's got to be a context where that's okay. Like, I'm sure that there are other games that have that have 
sort of done that and handled it in a more enjoyable way. Yeah. But I think that in the context of this game, like that just makes everything else that's wrong with the game completely impossible to put up with. Yeah. You know, because like it's one thing if like ah the controls aren't so great, so the jumping puzzle is kind of tough. Like uh, it's, okay, that's it sucks, but like I can go back and do it a few times and I'll get it. Yeah. But like doing it while there's essentially like a big like doom countdown with big red numbers in this corner of the screen. And you're like, well, fuck, I know I'm going to start losing life pretty soon here. And, uh-huh. like, it's, am I too far from a save point? Should I go back and, like, save again to heal the infection? But then I lose all the progress I just made trying to get through this area? Uh-huh. Like, that that doesn't feel good at yeah. all. <laughs> we should mention that whenever you load into a new map, uh, Magellan, your uh, trusty partner, will mark save points on your map. Mm-hmm. Right. So you do have the option of knowing how far you have to go. Right. More or less. Kind you can of, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a really weird uh, mechanic that I don't. Again, like I'm not really sure what they were going for. Um, so like, yeah, when you get to a new area, Magellan will mark all of the uh, save points, and then like a, usually like a point of interest, so like a generator room or a teleport room or something. And then once mm-hmm. you get there he will mark like, oh, these are the, the teleport nodes that you need to uh, slot in or, you know, whatever. Anytime you're in like five or six rooms range of a new uh, weapon, he'll be like, oh, there's a new upgrade nearby. Right. Which leads me to believe that they, like, exploration was never supposed to be an interesting thing in this game to begin with. Uh, because yeah. it is so, like, hand-holdy. But on the other hand, like the things that they go out of their way to mark on your map are not necessarily the most useful things. So like knowing where save points are is good, but it won't mark security cards that you've missed. Oh god. Um, like that's I an, wish it did. On a map right? room, it won't mark it. Um any sort of interactable uh node, so like the uh the batteries that you can power up or the yeah. uh the spheres that you can shoot the energy beam at, none of that is marked on your map. Right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the the only... So, like, one of the main sort of, like, gates to making progress is you'll find security guards that take a certain amount of security cards yeah. to open. Security, Did I say the same thing? Security doors. Sec- yeah. Doors <laughs> that take security cards to open. Yeah. Uh, and the only indicator that you get that there is a security card in that room, it and this room is... Yeah, there's like a there's like an audio cue. Yeah. So for one thing, if you're not playing with the audio, you actually never know if there's a card in that room, mm-hmm. which is bad design. And it's the 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 size of the rooms sprawls out past the edges of the screen. So you don't really have any indication of like where in this potentially pretty big room mm-hmm. that thing is or what sort of puzzles you need to solve to get to that thing or, you know, what kind of and, ability you need. And sometimes you have to enter the room from a different door. Yeah. In order to access higher elevation like platforms that you can access. So yeah. if you if let's say you fall down, you have to do that literal loop, room out, and then go a long way around and come back in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a there's not a very good way of marking that. Uh and I could I could definitely imagine like if you were playing it and then you set it down and you went back to it like a few days later, I I don't even know what you wouldn't have any would. sense of place. Yeah. Yeah. I had to keep notes just to, to you know keep track of how, <laughs> how many key cards I had and uh-huh. where I found them. Yeah. Yeah. 
And some games have kind of like like Aquaria kind of half tried to deal with that uh, by letting you place markers on your map. Yeah. So at least that way you could remind yourself like, oh, there was something here that I should go back and check. Mm -hmm. Did uh, did Blasphemous do that? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't but think it you was can pretty place... good. Hollow Knight, maybe. Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. Yeah. You can. Yeah. So I don't know. Like that's. That, it's not like there aren't solutions for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, the levels also sprawl to, like, different floors. Mm-hmm. You can you can access, access, like, certain caverns. And, yeah, uh, or there's, like, basement levels. Uh, also, certain parts of the level become accessible only once you've, like, changed the, the water levels. The guys, water uh-huh. level, yeah. Did you guys get to the water I- level? I, I did. honestly didn't have any problem with that, and I think that's mostly because the only time you needed to interact with a like uh, water-changing station was when you encountered it. So if you always ever interacted with them as you found them, uh, it seemed like it was set up to like do whatever you needed to do for the puzzles. I think you're probably right about that for the most part. I definitely, I definitely wrote a note about it to myself that it was like... Like you need to, you need to know what setting the water is at mm-hmm. if you're not in a room with water in it. True. Yeah. Like you need to know, do I need to find a switch to to lower it or raise it? Mm-hmm. And in in the case, like in some cases, it's not just lowering or raising the water level; it's the presence of water. Period. Right. Yeah. So like you might be in a room that could potentially be filled with water, and it would make your life easier and allow you to progress. But I couldn't. Like, without going back and looking really carefully at, like, the actual visual level design, mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing anything that suggested to me, like, oh, this could be filled with water. Come back when yeah. you've turned on the water. You I know? think that only happened once where there was an empty room that mm-hmm. I came across that was just, like, there was, uh, like, a big uh, pit in the center that was filled with water and then, like, rails on the side leading back around up to the entrance. Oh, okay. Yes, so, I think I like, that So, like, there was nothing I could do in it in its current state. And it didn't seem right. like, not that, you know, good level design is something we're working with here necessarily, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like you would put water and rails uh, in the same room to essentially do the same thing. So... Mm. But, yeah, if yeah. there if there had just been some sort of thing about like you could see that there were very obvious pipes on the walls with like latches on them that had like red flashy lights, like okay, the, these pipes are turned off right now. And then when you came back to it with the water turned on, you know the pipes were obviously open and yeah, like gushing mm-hmm. liquid. Like you could you could do something in the background to sort of indicate that state. Yeah. Instead of just expecting people to remember it mm-hmm. as they traverse the world literally under the gun from the countdown timer yeah. and all these enemies yeah, that you don't want to fight anyway <laughs> yeah not like you're taking your time moving through the levels anyway yeah so, <laughs> so i know i know you guys were playing on an emulator but mm-hmm. uh where i was playing it i had to bind all of my controls to my keyboard oh, oh. Which, how'd that go uh it was okay once i figured out the proper setup because i <laughs> yeah I, did, I, I, I had to make it comfortable yeah but uh <laughs> Doing those jumps with the tether arm were yeah. near impossible with my setup, which oh, was no. optimal. I tried I'll to make it yeah. as best and easy as possible. Uh, yeah, trying to hold down like one key while you're moving with other keys and oh, jumping yeah. with another key. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you guys get to it, the room where you had to activate four 
like turret things to open a door, but you had to make four separate tether jumps back no, to a, no. to a center platform. Oh yeah, my god, no! Terrible. So you have to make like eight tether jumps in a row without falling mm-hmm. once, under a countdown, not only from your suit being infected, but also from the door being activated. Right. Jeez. It was unbelievable. Yeah, bad. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we do is so? Is there anything else specifically about the controls that we want to comment on? Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to aim. We've kind of talked about that yeah. because you're really limited in the directions that you can aim. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like holding like holding on your grapple to something while you move around and deal with other things mm-hmm. is I can only assume like intentionally difficult, right? I hope like, so. Like they must have meant you to be like juggling your controller to try to like pull that block along with you while you try to fight the robot that's spawning other robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had difficulty pulling nodes off of ledges. Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, could, I didn't even I know that you it. could at first. Cause, yeah, because uh, if you get too far away from the object you're trying to pull, uh, it'll just like release the, the grapple. And yeah. A yeah. lot of those, uh, like blocks or uh, nodes that you're trying to pull, by the time they get to the edge of a ledge, you're almost at the edge of your screen anyway. So right, yeah, totally. Yeah, that was frustrating. Yeah. Uh, switching weapons wasn't too bad. So like you can you can you can run around in all eight directions. You can mm-hmm. jump. You can shoot your gun. You can use your grapple. Uh, you can press a button to bring up a little radial menu yeah. of all the other different weapon types you've acquired. And once you've picked one, the menu goes away, and now that's your shoot button. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That wasn't. I didn't have too much trouble with that. That's like a good basic setup, I think. Okay. Yeah, it worked. It worked pretty well. It's just like it. It's tedious how much you have to do it, and then yeah. like um, especially I don't know in the little bit that I played. I felt like I was always have to having to turn off like my special gun in case yes. I ran into so like so I'd have to hold down a shoulder button and then select one kill one enemy then like tap the shoulder button to turn it off so I could kill two more enemies and in the next mm-hmm. room I'd have to hold down the shoulder button to select another one kill one enemy hold down the shoulder button to select another one to kill one enemy <laughs> then tap the shoulder button to turn it oh, off so God. I could kill more enemies yes. you know it was just like <laughs> I I shouldn't I shouldn't have to do this so much, you know. Yeah. It, it what goes... James is describing is not really an exaggeration. That's <laughs> no, just kind of like normal gameplay. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know either. Um, at the end of it's... each mission, they give you like a like a rank based on your oh, performance, yeah. Yeah, and like total that's kills, really weird. and accuracy. Uh-huh. What? Why? I don't why know would there why? be a ranking system for the secret oh, ending, bro? <laughs> yeah, I guess must be probably. I don't think I ever had more than fifty percent accuracy the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you could. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, what about the what about the UI itself, like the menus and like that sort of stuff? They're fine. Um, I don't. I don't really know. This game doesn't ever need a menu. Like with the DS. <laughs> I was kind of confused about that too. Uh, with the DS, like the bottom screen is your map all the time. Right. So yeah, 
you never need to pull up the map in your menu screen. No. Um, and then like the other two screens are like, like a, like a summary, like status summary screen. And then like what upgrades you have and what just in like a list format you don't even equip yeah. them there yeah. yeah and there's no reason you would want to equip or unequip something that's that's part that i really didn't understand like you can review the uh, the things that you've already picked up mm-hmm. and you remember like like super metroid or castlevania Symphony night you know you could equip and unequip stuff even if you really didn't usually want to ever unequip anything, you want to use all your best stuff all the time. Yeah. I seem to vaguely the remember time. Super Metroid having some reasons to enable or disable a, like a beam type. Uh, yeah. But other than that, yeah, not. Well, because you wanted the, uh, you want the, uh, what, the plasma or the spacer beam or whatever, like most of the time until you start finding Metroids and then you have to switch to freeze beam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't run across anything like that in this necessarily, no. at least beyond what would be handled by that little weapon quick menu. Right. Yeah. So that's, I mean, like all of the, the heads up display stuff was fine, but it, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know about that, that menu. It seems unnecessary. Like it could have just brought down like a pause screen that would be like options yeah. return to title. Well, and actually, I mean, on the other side of that, I don't even think the second screen was necessary for the DS. Yeah. Like, it could have just been a pause menu. Having it represented as a second screen doesn't really add that. Like, it's it's another one of those games that, like, you can tell that it was developed first and foremost as a GBA title. Yeah. Uh, and then they were like, oh, the DS is coming out. Let's make it available on the DS without mm-hmm. really there being any greater, you know reason for that yeah other than it was the next gen you know honestly like that kind of stuff i don't really mind because well it yeah it happens a lot with ds games but um just the utility of having a separate screen that you can d- display something on that i don't have to stop what i'm doing to look at so right. like in the ds metroid games it's really really nice to just have that bottom screen be your map so you never have to pull up a map that's true um i don't know i can't think of what else but you know like (laughs) having having it like display something all the time that you're always going to want to look at um so i don't have to like go into the menu and look at it that way you know yeah even if it's not like taking full advantage of the like the stylus and the touch screen like that's still useful to have yeah, it doesn't hurt it. It's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is, I guess, so when you're traversing levels, sometimes enemies can get completely hidden behind mm-hmm. obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is sure. a little bit weird. Like, like they can, especially with their sort of like, their simple like just walk towards you sort of logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is an obstacle between you and them, and especially like if if you're like lower on the screen and the obstacle is taller and sort of like overlaps the area behind it, yeah, uh, you can easily get surprised by enemies that have just been hiding back there. Uh, I feel like that's that's something that other games deal with by drawing like a little silhouette or something. Like they do that for your character, right? Yeah, but they don't for enemies. That's weird. It's it's really weird. <laughs> um, I found the isometric. Uh, perspective in this game particularly uh like 
disorienting. I remember specifically there was one uh, puzzle that was really hard that was like a square room with a tower in the center. And there uh-huh. was uh, a rotating platform that you essentially have to put, uh, you have to step on to stop it from, oh, yeah. or to stop it rotating. Yeah. Uh, so what you're supposed to do is position it in a way that you can get up to a higher ledge and then jump on the platform, jump in the center. But, like, what a floating platform means or where it exists at any point in time in, like, an isometric view is so hard to figure out just from looking at it. Like, there were times yeah. that I would jump, I felt like I would jump straight <laughs> on it. I would land where the block's shadow was. Yes. Right. Which doesn't seem like it should be possible, right? Because if I'm overlapping <laughs> the shadow, I should have hit the block. You know? Uh-huh. So, I remember so. that puzzle specifically, uh-huh. and I actually wrote this as a positive. Oh. Yeah. Because I thought that the game was intentionally using the scroll of the screen to hide certain information from the player. Mm. Oh. But if this was just bad design and that was just an oversight, not a decision, then yeah, it's bad. <laughs> like, like, I the, mean, I don't know. It, I guess it could have huh. been on purpose. I. It could have just been, I mean, bad, which is more likely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, or even like, even if that was kind of the intention, I mean, yeah, like I, I kind of had that same experience which was a bad experience so yeah for whatever that's worth <laughs> i just i don't i can't think of an isometric platformer that's good like i don't which one are there like, what are they i don't that's a good question um typically well, don't been do like, them because they're bad yeah yeah well or because they're a compromise right like they're kind of like the best they could get away with without without making actual 3d I mean, there's so like, like uh, sneak around on roll. Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh, at least <laughs> a couple Nintendo game. of. Aren't there a couple of like Sonic games that are 3D? Oh yeah, that were not that good. No, <laughs> I think I think several of the Spyro games on Game Boy were that way. Oh okay, but I yeah. think it was a limitation. It wasn't like yeah. right because you can't do a Spyro game in 2D. That would that wouldn't really fit. Yeah. So you're stuck yeah. with what you got. Yeah, there was uh, there was Super Mario RPG for the Super sure. Nintendo. Okay, that one's okay, but still the plat like the sections in it that are really platform heavy are hard. Are tough, yeah, but they are not as punishing as this game is. That's true. And it's I mean because you know it's it's an actual N- Nintendo developed title. Yeah, so that kind of like finesse and design sensibility probably kind of shows. Mm-hmm. It has that yeah. Nintendo stamp. That's well, right. <laughs> the gold seal quality. But, uh, uh, Squaresoft, right? I think so. It was a square. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Did you guys... There's a... Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, when you when you hit switches that open doors, it does pan the camera over to show you the door that you opened or the platform that you raised, yeah. which I appreciated the first time, and I wish that you could skip every time after that. <laughs> oh, that's another weird thing. Uh, puzzles don't say stay solved. Yes, you have to when resolve puzzles. you leave puzzles. the room, that seems like a really weird what? decision. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't so like, this. Yeah, so there are a couple of times when you have to, like... Uh, go through an area where, you know, you manipulate something like move a thing onto a switch or uh, 
power up a thing to raise a platform. But they don't stay that way. It resets once you leave the room. So if you have to come back through that section for whatever reason, um, then you have to do that puzzle all over again. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And there are a couple of times where, like, you're interacting with, like, moving pieces of the map so that it makes sense. But there are mm-hmm. definitely times where, like, that wasn't necessary at all. Right. Yeah, where you have to go through the process of, like, clearing out enough of the enemies that you can manipulate the blocks without them getting in the way and pulling the block over to be on the switch, which then starts a platform moving, which then means it moves within range of you jumping, which uh-huh. then you can ride it up to the thing. And then when you come back to into that room, you have to do the same process over again. Yeah. You didn't even really like doing it the first time, but now <laughs> you're doing it again. And some of those <laughs> those button presses have frozen enemies. So like they can yeah. they can become thought right. if you don't go fast enough. Yeah. It's like it's like time trial the game. Yeah. <laughs> so many overlapping timers. I didn't even think about that. Like you could have the uh the little sentry turrets that you have to shoot before the last one pops back down yep. again. Uh-huh. You can have the enemies that defrost themselves when you're trying to use them as blocks. Yep. And you have the infestation counter on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys uh, notice that like during combat when you kill an enemy, the screen will shake? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not when you get hit, which would make sense. Right. It's when you kill yeah, an enemy. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Yeah. And then when the screen shakes... Uh, also, there's like goo that gets thrown onto yeah, the screen. That, yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure they thought that was like a cool effect or something. Yeah, you know? I I'm okay with it. I like the little the goose. The goo is okay, That's... but like, why does the screen shake when I kill somebody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, so I did notice. So okay, one thing about this, like the overlapping timers and feeling like you're under pressure all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. It so the one thing that this really reminded me of is like a horror survival game. Hmm. So like you, that it feels like it would be very appropriate in one of those kind of games. Dead Rising. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, or, yeah. or even like you know Silent Hilly type that sort of stuff uh-huh. where like you you can't really necessarily fight directly back against guys. You have to kind of constantly keep moving. Yeah. Like I don't know Amnesia maybe. Uh, well, doesn't but, doesn't Dead Rising have a time limit as well for your daughter? Oh, and you don't actually that's... kill enemies. You have like more crowd control. In one of the games, that's true, right? So. That uh... Uh, hmm. is that mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. like you have to find the... the antidote for your for your daughter, and you're on a time limit to do anything. I don't. I don't think it's in the first one. It might be the second one, the okay, second or third, uh, maybe. But you do have a like in the first one. I definitely remember. There's like a survival timer for you can see other like survivors in the mall and it kind of gives you yes. like a health bar timer for them. Okay. I think Maybe like you have to rescue them before they get eaten by zombies. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like that game. So yeah, because of the timer, I, <laughs> I liked ideas about it, but yeah. Um, and it turns out, so I found a, an interview with a couple of the guys that worked on the game Ooh. and they actually explicitly did call out that like, you know, we were trying to do, we really liked, you know, what Metroid fusion showed and we were trying to do something that had that sort of more under the gun horror survival sort of a feel to it. Mm. So I guess they did. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, it uh, just doesn't work, you know? It 
I don't know. I mean, like maybe it it feels it. Maybe it works, but but do obviously none of us wanted it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I just I feel like uh, in a game where I felt like things like I had better, more precise control over my actions. Mm -hmm. So like I was at fault when things went wrong. Maybe that um, that anxiety would feel better to overcome but in a game mm-hmm. where i already don't feel like i uh can control it very well um, yeah. or things are just happening that are out of my control uh then that anxiety makes it feel a lot worse you know i agree okay Um, so I guess is we've kind of already covered sort of the difficulty curve frustration level, like segment, I suppose. Uh, what about the sort of like the RPG systems? Like the, I mean, there's really just the leveling and that's just the the health. That's just for the health. Yeah. There's kind of the, like the, well, no, you're right. We have kind of already talked about this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's really just like platforming and shooting guys. Yeah, yeah. That that's pretty much. There's it. no story. Um, one thing I liked as far as the the visuals were concerned was in the second level you're in another factory, but mm-hmm. there's like rafters in the foreground Ooh. of the screen that are like kind of scattered with alien slime. I don't know. It, okay. it, it wasn't necessary, but it was a nice touch, at least visually. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about the like the aesthetic stuff, like the the graphic design. Then. Uh, it was fine. All right. I liked it. Like I yeah. I was pretty okay with all it. It does that sort of thing where like it felt a lot like Metroid Fusion, yeah. where you would have enemies that were sprite based and pixely but would have sort of like stretch and squash uh, like transformations mm-hmm. applied to them uh, and like transparencies the, and the stuff. Seven effects. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't know. I feel like they did a pretty good job of. Yeah. Um, um, I, I thought it was a little bit weird how cartoony some of some of the enemies were. Yeah. Like there's those little like blob guys that are basically just like a giant set of eyes and a mouth mm-hmm. that like they jump at you. like uh, Doramon. Yeah. Uh, so like those mashed up with like killer robots and weird like energy anomalies. Well, and like then, not everything felt like it fit. <laughs> and then like there's 
miniature gun turret ships that are piloted by like little green aliens yeah in the factory Mm -hmm. what's the problem here so we we, we (laughs) talked about uh we talked about there being different enemy types that are weak against different weapons right Uh and we kind of mentioned that it's not always obvious what that is at a glance so there is there's one type of enemies that have like little green blobs that shoot things at you but they're also walking around on little spider legs yes so like are those guys biological are they robots or are they energy i thought they turned out to be energy. i thought the enemies Uh. were (laughs) color-coded at first just for like an easy glance but they're not but they're not not. it's not consistent (laughs) yeah that's too bad so I feel like there there's definitely like an opportunity missed to make that a little bit more coherent. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, especially because like it's not just that there is a a benefit to using the correct weapon in a situation, but there's actually like penalties for using the wrong weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you kind of end up in a situation where you feel like, well, shit, I did the wrong thing, but it's kind of unfair because I had no way of knowing what the right thing would be. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's like the Dark Souls of Game Boy Advanced <laughs> games. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Prior yeah, knowledge of that. the level. Yeah. <laughs> uh I, I I liked all the I liked all the scenery design. Like the the graphical elements that you're talking about, Michael. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like there's there's lots of cool little touches like throughout. There's there's a lot of stuff where like obviously they've just sort of like defined a floor and painted it with a texture or whatever mm-hmm. but there's a lot of variation in those textures like there's lots of little like oh this there's a little scuff mark over here there's a little like puddle over there and there's mm-hmm. like a little broken pipe on this wall next to the other yeah. pipe and like all that sort of stuff seems like it was put together pretty well i don't really have any problems with that it was yeah, it I was agree. serviceable yeah um, i thought the boss uh sprites were pretty cool they're usually like bigger uh Mm -hmm. like almost full screen uh sprites multiple segments moving around so that all looks pretty cool you know Um, actually we didn't really talk about the boss battles at all that's true is it is it because the bosses were okay and there's nothing to complain about i think so yeah i mean like the two i don't don't know about the the worm uh, one that you were stuck on but the two that maybe three that i played um seemed fine i mean the first one lasts a little bit too long Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't think it necessarily needs two health bars but like (laughs) other than that it seemed fine yeah i took i actually really like the boss design i took like a two-week break trying to get those last 10 hours (laughs) so i don't actually remember the (laughs) the, the bosses from early on but i they you know they weren't bad i don't remember them for being bad right Uh there's the uh like the first one you fight on your ship is a little like there's the four pods that are growing around the center okay if you leave any of the pods up then they'll restore health to the whole thing so you have to kill off all the little arm pods first and then you can shoot the main thing yeah uh and then the the second one is on a rail and it like goes back and forth horizontally and shoots things at you um and you have to i don't know you've just got the electrical weapon at that point so you kind of just have to figure out when it's safe to shoot it okay mostly when it's not shooting back at you it's got like balls that bounce around the arena maybe Mm -hmm. and then the third one is like a pillar that has three main sort of like zones that come out for it oh it can 
it can either like push you off into the infected lava or it can fill that zone with a beam that like blinds you for a second. Maybe it has like one other thing you can do, Mm -hmm. but you're kind of like knocking off that bottom section and the next section falls down. You knock that off the next one. And yeah, yeah. We didn't, uh, we didn't talk about how there are sections of any room that are covered in goo that you also, that you also can't stand in, which are implemented during that boss battle. You just talked about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, yes. there are like, areas that are like covered in the the you know scourge, scourge infection, right. yeah. which it's lava basically, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, although there are parts too where you kind of almost need to, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't actually avoid touching it. It's a weird thing where like I feel like it's it's meant to be like an area denial kind of mm-hmm. idea, but the since it doesn't directly drain your health, it feels like low, low risk to go in them. So like with right. that um, security uh, robot battle, um, it's super beam attack after you drain one of its health bars does a lot of damage if you're caught in it. Um, but there are two like sections on the edge of its like rail where it can move back and forth. Um, where it can't get you, and those are covered in the scourge. So instead of yeah. like risking, oh, you might get hit, or you might, you know, like go the wrong way, uh, you can just stand in that section and not get hit at all, and you maybe right. accumulate like one or two percent. Yeah, yeah, like it gives you a, a choice between taking on a little bit of extra infection versus mm-hmm. taking a lot of damage. Yeah. uh back to graphics yes (laughs) is there anything more to say about graphics um the i don't know again the character design of your main character is pretty uninspired uh it's just like zero suit samus with red hair (laughs) a little bit yeah (laughs) Um, if you guys didn't look it up do you remember her name don't look at your notes i remember her last name is arma is it arma and i remember that because her arm is the weapon. <laughs> oh, wow. No, it's it's a uh, it's it's Genosa Arma. Okay. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, it is pretty uninspired. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> um, and then like her sprite itself I think looks really stupid. Uh like she has this weird like idle animation that i can't figure out <laughs> where you're just like either like doing sit-ups or yeah, she, like, like her her legs are spread like, and her arms are spread out like yeah. very turret like her arms are like turrets yeah yeah and you do this like up and down kind of like yeah, you're like heaving <laughs> it's so weird Why you guys can't that? tell because it's just audio but we were all mimicking it for a moment yeah <laughs> it's so weird yeah but I, another another fun little trivial fact that I read in that interview was mm-hmm. that originally they had considered a more cat-like design for her, where she actually had like a little cat tail and stuff. Oh, okay. okay. Fun trivia. I mean, that would have been <laughs> more unique. Maybe? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. So they just they just made her hair into a ridiculously long tail. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh. 
Should we talk about the audio? Yeah. All right. I liked the music a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay if you didn't, but that was almost like my favorite part of the game. (laughs) It's, I think it was all right. I'm I'm in the middle. (laughs) Um, So it was composed by Jake Kaufman, who Uh has actually a pretty surprisingly big uh, resume. Yeah, well, and he went from like he was making stuff for like Barbie and the Three Musketeers. What right. was one of the ones on his resume? Yeah, but since then he's made a lot of like more recent, like more higher profile stuff. Mm-hmm. He's done. It looks like he's done all of the composition for those Shantae games. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Shovel Knight. Yeah, I had no um, idea. All sorts of stuff. I, I don't know. I think he did a real good job. Uh, contributed <laughs> some stuff to Necrodancer. Yeah. And there's another one that he, like, he and one other, this is going to be one of these stories where I say, oh, there's another thing that's interesting, but I don't know what that interesting thing is. <laughs> I remember seeing that, like, he and another, like, producer shared credits for composition on a game that I didn't expect, but I don't remember what it was now. Um, he contributed to an OC Remix album for Final Fantasy oh, VI. Uh, there's, uh, uh, one of the, I think it's in one of the factory levels. It had some cool, like, industrial electronic stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's, like, one of the boss themes, I think, especially. So each level that you go into has its own theme. Mm-hmm. There is sort of, like, the, you know, the save point theme. There's kind of, like, the teleporting theme. There's, you know, the item fanfare and the door open slash puzzle solved fanfare. And then each boss of each level has its own theme as well. Yeah. Which is, I that's like a good attention detail. Like, I feel like even, you know, Super Metroid and Castlevania couldn't claim that. They had recycled boss themes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know what? I, I think uh, what it is, is um, I'm sure there's good music in it. The only one that I can remember is the, like, theme of the first level. Which is the boo 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 and the kick drum over and over and over and yeah and like <laughs> um, that I think it's overshadowed anything else that composed for this game. That's fair. Uh, so maybe that's my bad. <laughs> Did, was that uh, w- would that be your most memorable track? I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
think mine would have been like the third boss theme, mm. which I don't know if I could hum for you on command, but I remember really, really liking it. say there's like maybe eight really oh wow yeah it's a short it's a short game like the playthrough that i watched was maybe no more than like three or four hours okay really yeah actually i could see that you could probably run through this game was it a speed run video no it was a blind playthrough so. How the fuck did I spend nine and a half hours <laughs> to get halfway? You, you got lost too much. Damn it. No. <laughs> I'm such a scrub. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you forgot to get good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, let, can I just point out real quick that I felt like sometimes they use the wrong sound effects for enemies? I think the sound design in this is terrible. <laughs> it's like unforgivably bad. Yeah, like uh, the, the do you, so the the purple spider enemies, yeah, right? Yeah. What kind of noises do you think that purple spiders should make when you kill them? Maybe like a crackling noise of the legs folding up. Yeah, sure, or like a, like a yeah, like a little like screechy a sound or something. Yeah. No, they say erg. Oh, cool. When you kill them. Yeah. That's the sound that spiders make. <laughs> uh-huh. um, everything makes too much sound all the time <laughs> in this game. Uh, yeah. So all of the like mechanical enemies, the the, the especially the big uh, glass <laughs> jar bots yeah. that make small glass jar bots, <laughs> they make a siren sound every time they make an enemy, which is like less than uh-huh. a second. And then anytime you're infection meter drops into 60 percent oh yeah uh you get a heartbeat that gets Uh faster and faster and faster (laughs) um if you're paused in the pause menu while you are at 60 percent or lower you get two heartbeats oh really for the for the meter in the pause menu (laughs) one for the meter on the screen oh man okay 
That's an yeah. oversight. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. They, yeah, they could have used some help with their sound design. The sound effects it's are just, not. It's way too much <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And that combined with the, you know, infection uh, right. alarm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you are in a room with a security card, that has a little sound mm-hmm. cue associated with it. Oh, if my God. If you're less than, you know, like... 20% health or whatever, you get a beeping sound associated with that. <laughs> so, like, heaven forbid you are low on infection, low on health, in a room with a security card and a, a glass jar <laughs> guy making more smaller guys. Like, it's just uh, so much. Right. Yeah, but that soundtrack, though. Yeah. And- <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. But the soundtrack's yeah. really good. <laughs> if you can hear it. Well, and of course, like like you mentioned, Michael, like you can't turn off the sound because you need it yeah. to hear if there's a card in the room. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, do you think you know if if you just put on like Enya in the background and like muted the game, would that right. sort of help it might be a much more out? calming oh, experience? Yeah. yeah, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we don't have anything else to say about the story, right? No, no. I don't think so. I, think I feel we like we covered everyone. that. I feel like we that brings us to the wrap up stage then. The evaluation. Yes. Uh yeah. so we talked about like I, I, I would say that the the infection overtime system mm-hmm. is kind of novel mm-hmm. even if we didn't really like it. Yeah. That's kinda like a new thing that they were trying. Um I don't know, the the, the block puzzles feel pretty familiar. Maybe doing them in a isometric like view is a little bit different yeah. and like dragging uh blocks around using the grapple thing is this kind of a cool idea mm-hmm. even if it's a little bit tedious sometimes um i guess like like you said james the the mega man like enemy item weaknesses yeah uh is kind of familiar but also the fact that if you use the wrong one it buffs enemies yeah it it's kind of like, like an interesting twist yeah um what else is like new and interesting about this game um i mean the perspective right michael shaking his head (laughs) (laughs) that is that is certainly different than yeah the isometric perspective I'll, i'll be honest like this is like the exact kind of game that i would expect on a game boy like game boy advance yeah it's just kind of indicative of this transitional period where we didn't have the proper hardware to do fully rendered 3d mm-hmm. graphics and yeah, they, were, yeah. they were trying to push the envelope instead of just doing like a typical 2d or like a top-down perspective right, right. so it's it's you know it, i think it's all right it, it certainly has some serious flaws though yeah yeah I think that's that's actually maybe like a really nice thing that we could say about it is that it was trying to push the envelope. Yeah. <clears throat> Even if maybe there were some <laughs> unwise decisions <laughs> that were made and I some... <laughs> just like it's so weird like Metroid Fusion and Zero Mission came out uh, two and <sighs> yeah. four years before this and made a much better game than this did. Like how right. did they not Why don't you just go how play did they that though? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes, I will. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I uh, think if they simply took out the infection timer mm-hmm. would have been a pretty significant change for the better. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I still think the viewpoint is kind of insurmountable for me. Like it's if just they not... could have addressed that. So if they could have made it so that enemies try to come at you along those lines that you can point your gun yeah. in, yeah. at least like to sort of like nudge enemies towards that when they're co- because everybody walks towards you all the time. Or if they had done a more unconventional shooting system, something like uh, along the lines of Isaac, where you're mm-hmm. only ever shooting in four cardinal directions, and it's your position. That has to change to meet the enemies, and you can yeah. shoot while you're moving. Most, yes, most most importantly, um, then that would have been something that would have worked a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, other than uh, rather than just like having to plant yourself in a in a location and shoot until the enemies get to you, and then like jump away. Yeah, so you can yeah. get yeah. more distance, so you can shoot them again, so you can jump away you know yeah that's actually i i like the the binding of isaac comparison like you you, we've been looking at this as like trying to force a sort of metroidvania 2d side scroller into an isometric view but you could also look at it as like it wants to be a twin stick shooter yeah but they don't they haven't quite committed to the controls for it Mm -hmm. it doesn't know what to do or like if it was uh i mean i guess this is sort of the same way but the um top-down levels in Contra, how, like, mm-hmm. when you're shooting in those games, you're locked in a direction. Yeah. So you can yeah. still move around, but you can only shoot in that direction. Yeah, you can kind that, of walk. That would have worked well, too, I think. Although maybe not as interesting. You know, like, that... that even playable. Even that... Yes, but playable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I would like to see them make a follow up to it, even though I kind of doubt that that's an option at this point. I don't think they're even a studio anymore. They're, yeah, they're not. Yeah. I think they're, they're not around. Right. Defunct in like 2014 or something. Um, but like, I feel like there's there's enough interesting stuff there that I could see it rendered in a much more sort of approachable way. Yeah, I mean, if it was uh, approached by people that like had a stronger feel for. Uh, like level design and enemy design uh, and sort of like encounters just like a more competent studio in general i guess mm-hmm. uh then it you know it could be interesting for sure matt yeah was this uh this was your yeah. pick right <laughs> what made you select this game that's a good question actually uh so let's see i had seen clips of the gameplay mm-hmm. and it looked like it could be kind of fun yes. um i knew that it was supposed to be like you know it was it was an isometric metroidvania that came out before everything else for the game boy advance mm-hmm. uh which piqued my interest obviously since i love this genre um and from the gameplay clips i had heard the music and then i downloaded the soundtrack and I'd, I'd actually listened all the way through the soundtrack a few times before even playing you the game. You spoiled it for yourself. A little bit. <laughs> uh, so at that point, like, I was just, like, really curious about okay. what, you know, what kind of game this was. Mm-hmm. Had you had you heard about it when it came out? Like, did you own a, a DS or a GBA? No, not at all. No. I heard about this completely after the fact. Um, I think, I don't know, maybe I might have run across it on like a, you know, a hidden gem, yeah. like, you know, Game Boy Advance games that you mm-hmm. missed sort of a list. 
And I don't know, like, I feel like if if I had had a Game Boy Advance when this came out, and it, I, if that would have been, I don't know, like, maybe the end of high school or the beginning of college for me mm-hmm. when I was, like, riding the bus a lot, then I probably would have played, I probably would have beat it. I probably would, yeah. too. Like, right? Because, like, in retrospect, you know, like, now we can kind of be like, well, this is not a very good game design decision. Uh-huh. But, uh you know, if you're in transit and it's the thing that you're playing, I don't know. I think we probably could have gotten through yeah. it. Yeah, probably. I think you're right. Um, there's definitely plenty to do. Like the game, I think the game is fairly long. You said it was like four hours for that one person to do it. Yeah, I mean, something like that. I, w- I had a blind playthrough too, and I managed to only get halfway <laughs> in double right? the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, had you guys finished it, how long do you think it would have taken? Like uh, a lot, a lot longer, longer than four know. hours. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Twelve, fifteen hours, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like like I was sort of starting to get into this. Like I just played a little bit more of it this morning, to, like just kind of to refresh myself. Yeah. And I will say, like after playing it and then kind of setting it down and picking it up again, like I feel like I'm. I'm a little bit more familiar with that, like the pacing on it yeah. than I was at first. Um, but it, 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 it does still make me feel like, um, uh, like, like I resent what it's putting me through, <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah. Like I, I don't want to be like under this much stress I don't right wanna. now, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even that, like that doesn't do anything for the game. So like the, the fact yeah. that you're encouraged to run through everything, but you're also encouraged to kill enemies because that's how you get more health. But yeah. you, you're not encouraged to kill too many enemies because then you take too long. But you have to. But kill you some are encouraged enemies. because you have to beat some of the puzzles sometimes. Right. Right. Plus, you have to like <laughs> boss encounters. It feels like are are designed so, or actually, all encounters are designed so you have to take a certain amount of damage to get through them no matter what. Yeah. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about the, the situations where you have to take damage where there's Um, like climbing puzzles and stuff where enemies will just pile up at the top of the platform that you're climbing up to. Yeah. And there's no way to get through without taking damage. So it's just so, it's so confused in its design, you know? Yeah. Maybe, you know, uh, if the studio was just kind of newly formed when it made this game and then like it didn't survive that much longer mm-hmm. then i guess like we could kind of say that you know th- this was like a this was a game made by a fledgling game studio who didn't really have that sort of gameplay finesse down yet yeah uh and they you know really pushed to get this game made but maybe they also would have really benefited from either taking a little bit more time on it or yeah. bringing in someone who had put more time in on other mm-hmm. things to help push it. Yeah. Uh looks like the only other, I mean, the only other game they made was that uh, Racing Gears game for the Game Boy Advance, which also got a DS port. Um, and then the Juka and the Monophonic Menace <laughs> game. So. Rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I don't know. I'm kind of curious about now. <laughs> I mean, that sounds interesting, but yeah. 
we've already talked about how the story doesn't matter that much for this game. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's mostly about the gameplay. Yeah. I think that's um, fine. Yeah, I'm um, okay I with it. That yeah. feels yeah. like it's in keeping with like classic Metroid, which is okay. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, would we recommend this game to anyone? No. Not at all. Not even to people that like Metroidvania games. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, for an interesting sort of oddity, it's not worth playing, you know? Not even, like, a little bit. (laughs) I would say I would recommend it to myself when I owned a Game Boy 14 (laughs) years ago. Right, it feels dated. I would have been happy to have this game 14 years ago, honestly. Yeah. 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 So recommend it to like naive people that don't know better and don't have any other options. Yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> right. Perfect. Which man, like I feel bad about because you know, like this was like a studio that that got together and made this game and obviously, you know, they cared about enough to make it and stuff. Right. And, but yeah, it's it's just like I feel like much better games have been made in this realm. It's true. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't really at, at, especially at this point, like 14 years down the road, it doesn't really push the envelope. No. Well, and it seems like what they they paid for in ingenuity in the genre was not worth whatever they got out of yes. it, which was not having a dev studio anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> at least they got to make so. Juka. Yeah. And yeah. The, Who knows? Monophonic Maybe that's Menace. A banger. Yeah. Maybe it's really good. Maybe. All right. Well, this comes to the end of our show. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, our next game mm-hmm. is going to be the return of the Obra Din. Yes. Yes, it is. Which I'm excited about. I'm pretty excited about as well. I've already started it. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but nice. I can't talk about it until the I... next episode. Oh yeah, okay. don't don't I, say anything. Uh, <laughs> I just installed it today, so okay. I'm okay, cool. to poke around it in a little bit. Yeah. Uh I'm like really the the visual style is striking mm-hmm. uh and really like piques my curiosity. And then just seeing like the little bits of the ga- like investigative sort of gameplay involved. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how that plays out. So yeah. yeah. Um if you like what you have heard here today, you can find us on Facebook at Games These Days Podcast. Games These Days Podcast. Cool. We are also Games These Days Podcast dot Tumblr dot com. Mm-hmm. And we're on uh, iTunes. Yep. As well as Spotify. Castbox. Uh, Castbox. Uh, and Matt showed me a little prototype for a website that might be a real website someday. Ooh. Yeah, we can actually uh we we are actually hosting podcast files through the website now and we can make like very rudimentary posts <laughs> when new episodes come up. Nice. <laughs> so, so it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, that's <laughs> almost like having an ep- uh, a website. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Matt, is that Super Daryl Deluxe episode uh up? Is it yes, available for uh, our we listeners? We just posted that a couple days ago <laughs> in in all of the services that we mentioned. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That should be a good episode. That was a fun game. 
And, you know, stay tuned for the upcoming uh, Valkyrie Profile episode. Yes. Buckle up. It's going to be long. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Get, oh, God, get your that's snacks right. ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you have a long commute to work or something. <laughs> or just hours to kill to, like... Was it a couple hours? Was it like two hours? It's two and a half. Three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but until next time. Yes. Brother. Brother. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the episode. Yay. Good job, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to stop recording. Okay. <laughs>